Well, good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Today's message is from one of our drive-in services. In the wake of our national response to the COVID-19 crisis, and in addition to our online devotionals, we as a church have been trying to meet on the first Sunday of each month in our parking lot to listen and participate together in a worship service. The subject for this morning is a call to the church for how we are to respond in the desert. Everything that's been happening so far in our country feels for many people like a type of wilderness, a drought, even a famine. Thanks for joining us today as we look to God's word for how we can turn to God. Well, the theme here that we are um, addressing is this idea of a desert or a wasteland. As you are here in your vehicle listening over the radio, there is a sound that every now and then will come over the radio. You maybe have heard it. It sounds like this. Right? We, we've heard that many times. This is, uh, this is the, the sound. It's made up of two different frequencies, 853 hertz and 960 hertz. And it kind of grabs your attention. Now, uh, does everybody know what comes right after this? Or at least what we're used to hearing, right? You hear that sound and then you hear these words. This was a test of the emergency broadcast. Or maybe they changed it to emergency alert system now. Uh, this was only a test. And then it'll, it'll play again. Um, I, I believe when I've, when I've heard that, I generally think that the testing they're doing is for the, uh, like the, the carriers, you, the, the, the broadcasters, the sound waves, making sure that it gets uh, pumped out there in case there is information. But the more I think of it, I think it's a test for us as well. I think the test is that when you hear that, you are being tested to find out if you are listening. Now, I know when I hear that come over the radio, I always get a, my uh, blood pressure spikes a little bit. I get a little bit anxious because I always wonder, uh, did something happen? Uh, is the president about to come on? Is there some type of dire event or catastrophe or emergency that's taken place? Um, but uh, more often than not, all we hear is that it's just a test. But it's that sound that has conditioned me to really test me and to test you to see if we are listening. God also uses tests in our lives. We had a reading from Psalm 106, and it's the story through the book of Numbers. As the people of God are being led through the wilderness, they are forgetting God's goodness. They forget the things that God did for them. In fact, in uh, Psalm 106, it's back in verse 13, it says, But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his plan to unfold. Now, before the coronavirus, you know, life was pretty good. I don't know if you even knew the things that you took for granted that we now have lost. But I also think many of us may have accidentally forgot what God was giving us and his goodness. And so now this has changed. Now we are in a desert. And the very next verse in verse 14 says, in the desert, they gave into their cravings, meaning that they did not look to God. They actually had a desire different than God. 
And so it says in the wilderness, they put God to the test. And so God, in response to their testing, gives them a test. This is what verse 15 says. So he gave them what they asked for, but sent them a wasting disease. Now, many of you are thinking, I don't know if that's the God I'm used to hearing about. Are, are you saying that God sent a disease on his people? Absolutely. That is what the Bible is teaching. God intentionally allows his people to go through a time of testing, to go through a time of trial and desert, to test our faith. In fact, if this is foreign to you, let me just share with you how it plays out in the New Testament. James chapter 1, verse 2 says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. If you look at verse 12, he says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised for those who love him. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. God is, I believe, testing us in a way to really see if we would turn to him, if we would find that our faith in being tested would withstand this desert that we are in. And so the purpose of my message this morning is to equip you so that you know how to look to God, to put him number one in your life in the middle of a desert. In order to do that, we're just going to spend a couple more minutes in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews. So if you wouldn't mind turning to the book of Hebrews, if you brought your Bibles, we're going to be in chapter 3, or then again on your devices, you could turn there as well. Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to read through verses 7 through 14. Um, The context here, the writer is trying to remind the church of the greatness of Jesus that evokes a response. Right? If you have, uh, this is the idea, if you have the right picture of God, if you're seeing God for who God is, then you will respond in the right way. And so this is where we are going to look uh, in this concept of uh, coronavirus being a time of a desert. All right, Hebrews chapter 3, starting verse 7. So as the Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, and for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you turn, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. As it has just been said, 
Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. So I'm not sure really what the desert looks like for you. I think if we were honest and we were uh, uh, not trying to play tough guy, but uh, to really admit how we're feeling through the middle of this, I got to be honest with you. I have, it's not been just, um, just a perfect vacation time. Um, it's been hard in a lot of ways. And some of it, I think, is probably mostly due to the lack of what I thought was normal and trying to, to piece that together. But more than that, I find that through the middle of this, there is a continual combating of fear that's going on. And so it's, a, it's like a, in a desert where, where you're lacking confidence, you're lacking trust through this desert. Uh, I don't know if anybody else uh, has their minds when you, when you lay down to sleep at night where your mind just starts to run wild on you. Is anybody else going through that? That's, that's really been a, a large part of my story going through this. And so I need this reminder. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to show you four things from this text. Um, if you're in the habit of writing uh, notes down uh, or writing uh, into your Bible, I, I encourage you to get a pen out. I'll, I'll share those with you here. The first thing uh, in the desert and your desert might be loneliness. Your desert might be fear. It might be depression. Uh, Your desert might be missing hugs, uh, missing your family, or maybe it's a spiritual kind of wilderness where you're asking, where is God? Well, here's what I want to equip you with from this passage. First, faith is the oasis in the desert of a sinful heart for turning towards God. I'll say that again. Faith is an oasis in the desert. And it plays specifically to having a sinful heart so that we won't turn away, but we'll turn towards God. Look, at, look again with me uh, in verse 12. He says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. So the, the response to this, the oasis of this sinful heart, it's... It's not unbelief, it's belief, but it's a very specific kind of belief. It's a belief that we call faith. Imagine for a moment that you're in a desert. You're, you're in the Sahara and the, the, the sun is beating down on you. It's 120 degrees. Your throat is parched dry. There's nothing but sand in front of you as far as the eye can see. Now, you have been told that there is an oasis, that there is just around the next bend, you will find help. What do you do? Do you believe it? Well, just believing it is not enough. You actually have to keep walking because that's what faith does. Faith in the middle of a desert keeps moving. It keeps walking because in the middle of a desert, it believes that God is just around the corner. If you look back at the text, it says that this sinful, unbelieving heart, it will cause you to turn away from God. But faith is a oasis that causes you to turn towards God. So that's number one, all right? The first oasis for you in the middle of this time we're in is not just belief or I believe we're going to get through this. No, it's faith. That means there's action behind that belief. All right, number two is this. Encouragement is the oasis in the desert for deceitfulness to give you a tender heart. So the second one here is encouragement. 
It is a an, it is a, an oasis in the desert. I, I don't know if you've received a card in the mail from somebody here at church. I hope you have. I know <laughs> without seeing people, it just feels it just feels lonely. But to get a card in the mail, uh, to even get a little text message, what what a, like a fresh drink of water that is to my soul. To know that we're not alone. Uh, this, this word that's used here, uh, if, you, if you look in verse 13, it says, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The word there for encouragement could also be translated as ex- to exhort. Uh, it's the Greek word parakaleo. It's made of two words, para. Uh, which means alongside, and the, the root verb is kaleo, which means to call or to call out. So to encourage means to call out alongside, to let somebody know that I'm right here with you. I'm alongside you. I, I'm, I'm not calling out from a, a different circumstance, but I am putting myself alongside and I'm calling out to exhort and to encourage you. Now, I want you to, I want you to see something here. Um, if you... If you look at the reason why, in verse 13, the reason why we are to do this is so that our hearts don't become hardened. Boy, that's a really interesting phrase. The hardening of our heart is caused here in verse 13 by sin's deceitfulness. Let me talk to you for a moment about about this, because there's some insight that you need to see with this. That word deceit is apete in Greek. It means to deceive or mislead to an erroneous view of the truth. L- listen to that again. I got to say that again. You got to hear this. To deceive means to have a erroneous or an error in how you view truth. I, d- I wonder if you think for a moment what some people are saying about God in the middle of the desert. Can you, can you imagine uh, Moses with the children of God for 40 years? He, him promising that there is a land they're going to, a promised land, but never reaching there, never finding there. I wonder what the people would start to say about God. You might hear things like, I think God's abandoned us. Or maybe he's not good. Or maybe he doesn't love us. Or maybe he's too weak. I wonder about you through the midst of this coronavirus how you are thinking about God. Does God love me? Is God with me? See, here's the thing. In the middle of a desert, you and I will begin to entertain false views of truth. We will be deceived. But I can tell you, the oasis to that is encouragement. Look back at the text one more time, verse 13, because I want us to answer a question of, uh, how long we're supposed to encourage one another, right? But encourage one another um, when? Do you see what it says? Encourage one another. Does your Bible say daily? Did you? I might have missed that the first time I read of this. Encourage one another when? Okay, let me ask you the question. How often are you encouraging one another? I, I don't know. I thought doing it once a week was enough. I thought I was getting the job done just by, you know, reaching out once a week. The Bible here takes sin's deceitfulness so seriously that the answer to it is not an encouragement, you know, every other day or once a week. 
We are called to encourage one another daily. And how long do we need to do the encouraging for? Take a look again. Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. That means we continue to encourage one another as often as we can every day until Jesus returns. All right, let's move on here. Number one was the oasis was faith. Number two was encouragement. Number three, perseverance is the oasis in the desert for doubt to give you assurance. Perseverance is the oasis in the desert for doubt, and it will give you assurance. Let me ask you the question. How have you been doing reading your Bible and and being in quiet time with the Lord during quarantine? If you're, if you're anything like our family, you might have started off with some lofty aspirations, right? Do you remember when all this started months ago and it was like, hey, we're going to you know, lock it down, duck and cover, shelter in place. We're going to, you know, uh, my wife, Emily, she, she uh, right off the bat, she made a schedule for the kids for school and we were going to take walks every day. And, uh, you know, we, we were going to have meals together and the house was going to be clean and we'd have Bible readings and journaling. Yeah, well, let me tell you, like one week into it, uh, we're like eating Pringles out of the can. And, the, you know, the uh, living room is a disaster. Now, I better stop. I'm going to get in trouble if I keep going here. Um, yeah, per- perseverance is tough. Perseverance is the classic question that comes from the backseat of the car. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Right? The, the journey started out with a lot of excitement. We were on board. But what do those kids do after 20 minutes in the back of the car? They're already tired of it. And this was the problem with God's people. That there during the time of testing, because they were looking to their own cravings and they weren't looking to God, they believed a lie and so they were deceived. And in that deception, they didn't persevere. They didn't hold on. Look with me back to verse 14. Look in the Bible. It says, we have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end. The confidence we had at first. So how, how should you be holding? Look at the text. What's it say? If we come to share in Christ, if we hold how? You know, I'll put it in my pocket or maybe, you know, dangle it. No, it says hold firmly. We need to hold on to God firmly. How long do you need to hold on to him? Till the end. Perseverance. It is an oasis for you. In the desert. When you doubt Don't give up. Imagine you're in the desert, right? You're going to sit down in the desert? The vultures are circling. They're looking for a meal. Perseverance will get you where God is leading you. One last thing. I I told you I had four of them, and then it will be done, all right? So number one was faith. Number two is encouragement. Number three is perseverance. And the last one here is a receptive heart. Is the oasis in the desert of rebellion to give us direction. Now, I played the the sound for you of the emergency broadcast alert, right? Well, you know, every now and then when that would play, I here I am waiting to hear some type of tragedy, but no, every time it just says this is a test of the emer-. and so you know what? Sometimes that stinking uh, sound comes over the radio right in the middle of my favorite song, or right in the middle of some dialogue that I was listening to, and so I get a little annoyed, and my heart is not receptive. And I'm not listening. I'll change the channel because I don't want to listen. The test shows up to test me, 
But if my heart is hard, if it's not receptive, if things don't go the way I want them to go, well, then I'll find I lose the direction that I need. Look with me again in your Bibles. Verse 15, just as it's been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Church, listen to me now. I'm going to wrap this up. God is still there. He is working. Even if you don't see him, he's working. He's working. Even if you don't feel it, he is working. He has not left you. He is not far off. He is allowing a test to go on right now that is a kind of drought. It's a kind of famine. It's a kind of depression, a spiritual wilderness that's going on right now. But he's looking to see how his people will turn to what they love the most. And so this test, as we have lost some things, is calling you to have a receptive heart to see if you're interested in God in the middle of a valley of dry bones, in the middle of a desert. I'm seeing, I mean, it was like 74 degrees yesterday, right? I mean, it's beautiful out now. And, and I'm looking around and I'm seeing a lot of cars and trucks pulling boats and jet skis and ATVs and side-by-sides. And I see a lot of people trying to like get on with their lives. And that's what nice weather does. It's a, it's a really good excuse to forget what this COVID-19 wake-up call can offer us. But don't lose this opportunity in the desert. I want you to hear me now. This world is not yours. It's God's. And you are not your own. You are God's. And so let me challenge you. As you and I are in this desert, as we are waiting, are you walking by faith or by fear? Are you encouraging one another daily or are you kind of like a dying star collapsing in and just hunkering down? Are you persevering? Are you still walking through the desert or have you given up and are you quitting? And are you listening for God with a receptive heart while you wait? Because here is the good news of a test. The name of your God, the name of Jesus is stronger than this desert. The name of Jesus is stronger than your fears. It's stronger than the depression and the loneliness. I am calling upon you and myself that we would just take to heart the message today that when we hear his voice, that we would remember God is number one and that can never be taken from us. Even in the middle of a desert, keep walking by faith. Keep encouraging one another. Keep persevering. And make sure your heart is receptive. What do you say? Amen? Amen. I do. Thank you. Thank you for honking.